Welcome to Jumping Into Solutions, episode number five. Today we're going to be talking about electric vehicles. I'm here today with Mary Frances Kelly Poe, who has graciously allowed us to come into her garage and see her <laughs> brand new <laughs> Chevy Bolt, which is amazing. Hi, Frances. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Frances. So, so tell me about your your Bolt. <laughs> well. Um, this is the third one that I've owned, the second Bolt that I have owned, and um, I don't ever want to own a gas vehicle again. Mm. I love the fact that they're very quiet. This one's very sporty. Um, I've been warned that I might um, that I might get picked up by the police because I'm red. <laughs> I'm, I'm more concerned about everybody in town knowing that I'm have that I'm driving a red car, and where I'm going with my red car, and then hearing about it later. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so basically, how does uh, the electric vehicle work? Um, I plug it in, okay. um, and I have. Um, a charger on my wall mm -hmm. and I plug it in usually when I am about half down on charging. Mm. I have been asked how long it takes to charge the car and I truly don't know mm. because either I park it, I, either I charge it during the day mm. when I'm busy doing things in my house mm -hmm. and or I charge it at night mm. when it comes off of my batteries and I don't know how long it takes. I did have the experience of going to Sacramento with 200 miles on my car, and it only takes 60 miles to get to Sacramento. Mm. But it was so hot, it was 103, that I had to use my air conditioner. Oh, so that alters the And so um, I had to stop in Vacaville and top off, so to speak. Um, I only had 50 miles left, but at the rate it was going, I didn't, wasn't sure I was going to make it home. Mm. And so um, I looked on my, on my computer, on my car, and asked it where I could charge. And I went there and I charged my car. Also, I understand with these electric vehicles, I don't have one, I want to get one at some point. But um, you don't have any engine noise, right? Is that None. correct? None. None. Okay, well maybe you could... And we don't have a transmission. So we don't have a hump in the back of the car. Oh, really? really? And that's a really significant thing when you start putting materials in your car because the floor is flat. Oh, well, let's let's take a look at starting the car. Can you open and, and uh... sure? So is the car on? Yep. Wow. <laughs> there's not. There's really no noise. Does it stay that way the time all the time you drive it? Oh yeah. That's pretty impressive. Wow. <laughs> That's so, so there's, it's real quiet, the engine's just running on battery, and there's no... Well, great. How much money do you save having an electric vehicle? Well, the, the cost of the electricity for the electric vehicle is approximately the cost of one gallon of gasoline. Well, this has been really nice, and it's so great to see your car. <laughs> Thank you for letting us come in. And please don't report where you see the red car around town. Oh, I won't, I won't. Hello, this is Hari Lamba, co-host of Jumping Into Solutions that encourages folks to implement environmentally friendly solutions. For our episode on electric vehicles and electric charging, we want to thank Mary Frances Kelly Poe for showing us her Chevy Bolt electric vehicle and to be interviewed by Pat Toad-Smith, who is also the co-host in today's episode. Today, 
Our guest is Joel Levin, the Executive Director of Plugin America. Joel, we thank you for being willing to be interviewed. Thank you for having me. Pleased to be here. Joel, um, uh, electric vehicles are important zero emission vehicles, but in order for people to buy and drive them, people have a lot of questions. Um, the first question for you is, how much does an average electric vehicle cost per mile with or without using home solar panels? Well, so I, I think I would phrase the question a little bit differently in, in say, what does it cost to own an electric car compared to a gas car? Um, and, you know, these days, all vehicles are expensive. Uh, you know, new cars have gotten more expensive. Um, but uh, when you look at an EV and you look at the cost of ownership, um, the, the two big things that jump out compared to gas cars is that the fuel is, is dramatically less. Um, the cost of gasoline uh, as a fuel is, is equivalent to about a dollar to a dollar fifty a gallon versus uh, excuse me, the, the cost of electricity uh, is equal to about a dollar to a dollar fifty a gallon. Um, so significantly lower than gasoline and maintenance is is very low. Uh, Consumer Reports did a study on electric vehicles and they found that the cost of maintenance is about half for an EV uh, compared to a gas car. So when you take those uh, things into account and they look at the, the sticker price of electric vehicles can be a little bit higher than gas cars, but there's a lot of different incentives uh, that you can get. And so when you put all those things together, uh, the sticker price, the incentives, the savings in fuel, the savings uh, in maintenance, uh, the cost, the total cost of ownership of an EV is less than a gas car today. It's significantly less than a gas car. Um, so in fact, um, Consumer Reports did a study, I, I love to, to haul this out, where they compared gasoline cars and electric cars, total cost of ownership, apples to apples, equivalent cars. And they found that the EVs are, are cheaper, not a little bit cheaper, but a lot cheaper. Uh, so for example, they looked at a Toyota Camry versus um, a Tesla Model 3, which are roughly equivalent cars in terms of like size and capacity. And they found that over the total cost of ownership, the Tesla was $12,000 cheaper than the Camry. Like really? Tesla's cheaper than a Camry? So it's very shocking, but it's because it, it, when you own it for a long time over the total cost of a total uh, uh, time that you have the car, the, the difference in maintenance, the difference in fuel makes a huge difference for the ownership. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, compared to uh, last year, uh, 12 months ago, um, haven't the costs of electric cars actually come down? Yes, they've come down a lot. Uh, so I think that uh, uh, a year ago, the average new EV was selling for about $65,000. There was a point when the manufacturers really spiked up the prices, and now it's down to about 51. So it's come down quite a bit. That's interesting because um, the, in the video, uh, Mary Frances uh, got an incredible deal on the Chevy Bolt. And I know that was ranging in, I guess, 30,000 range or 28,000 range. It was very, very low, which is kind of amazing. I don't know if that's still the case, but um, well, thank you. Um, I was going to um, ask you, thanks again for being on our show here. Um, what is sure. the average? I, let me just jump in and say the Bolt is one of the best deals on the market. The Bolt is, is still very reasonably priced and it's a great deal when you, particularly when you add in the tax credits, it's a, it's a great value. And it's quite beautiful. Hers was bright red. So 
<laughs> that was so what is the average range of an electric vehicle on a charge? And are, are there different ranges based on the size of the batteries? Or is there different charging levels too? Is there like a charging level one or two? Um, so that would help me to understand it better. <laughs> sure. Um, so modern EVs that are being sold these days, uh, what's most common is a lot of manufacturers have sort of two different price points and two different battery sizes. Um, not universally, but I'd say what's common is you'll see there's a number of them that are around 250 and then a number that are around 300. So that's pretty common. A lot of manufacturers have one model that's 240, 250, something like that, and another one that's like 300, 310. So those are kind of the most common um, there are some that go higher, uh, there are, uh, like the, the Tesla has cars that go up over 400 and, um, Lucid has one car now that goes over 500. Uh, but those are, those are luxury cars that are a lot more expensive, but I'd see in kind of a normal price range, um, you can find cars up to about 320 or so. And then at the low end, there's some that are maybe 210 or 220, uh, it would be about the lowest you'd find. There's not not really much below that, but 250 to 300 is kind of the most typical. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So um, on on a charge, um, how do you know how long it takes to charge on the average um, vehicles? And what are the you know the charging uh, levels? Is is that impacted mm -hmm. by the time, or um, can you clarify that a little more? Yeah. So there's there's three different types of charging. Uh, there is um, level one charging, which is basically just a regular wall outlet, 110 volts uh, that every EV can take. Uh, so you can plug in any EV to a wall. And that, for most cars, will get you about 40 miles of charging overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say, for example, that your commute, your daily commute is less than 40 miles and you want to plug in at home on just a regular wall outlet that'll work for your for your normal daily driving. It's slow, but you know, it's for for like overnight charging. Uh you don't want to like stand there and wait for it to charge. It would be sort of, you know, inconvenient. Um so that's level 1, uh which all cars have. And then level 2 is like a 220 outlet. Um and that's well, most people it's pretty common have like a level level 2 charger in their driveway. Wow, thank you. Well for the level two charger, does one need to get a charger installed in the home? Um, usually, yes. Um, at a minimum, you need um, a 220 outlet. So some cars will plug directly into a 220 outlet, which is kind of like um, the, the same outlet that you plug a dryer into um, or or like a, 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 a you know, heavy duty air conditioner uh, at your house. Um, so at a minimum, you would need an electrician to run a 220 line out to where your car is. Um, some cars can plug straight into it, but some of them will need a charger, which is basically just, it, it has sort of like special safety equipment on it that allows you to more safely uh, connect to a 220 outlet. And there's many different chargers available on the market. Um, if you go to our website, plugstar.com, there's actually a search function. You can see all the different uh, home chargers that are available in the market. And mostly you can order them straight from the manufacturer or you can get them on Amazon or Walmart. 
Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. That's so great. Um, there, there is a lot of uh, people that come up when I start talking about electric vehicles and solars. They mention the lithium battery issue. Can you go over the advantages of owning an, an electric vehicle as opposed to a gas and maybe address the lithium issue a little? Sure. So the lithium issue, the 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 oil companies love to trot this out. This is their their favorite thing that they've they get people talking about. So. Um, all cars are made out of metal and metal has to be mined. Um, and so there is some environmental impact to every car. And if you, if you want a perfect means of transportation, you should walk, you know, or, or ride your bike. Um, so EVs, because they have these big batteries that are heavier and have a lot of, uh, lithium and other minerals in them, there is mining associated with that. Um, and that mining is dirty. Mining, you know, creates an environmental impact. Um, about 90% of the environmental impact of your vehicle comes from the fuel, not from the manufacturing. And um, electricity is so dramatically cleaner than gasoline that that really dwarfs uh, the additional manufacturing impact of, of making an electric vehicle, particularly if your electricity is coming from solar or, or other renewables. Um, so it doesn't compare when you look at the, you know, thousands of gallons of gasoline that uh, a gas car consumes over its life that, you know, has to be shipped halfway around the world and, and through this enormous supply chain and big environmental footprint. Um, that, that dwarfs uh, the additional impact of, of, the lithium or other minerals that have to come in the battery. But having said that, yes, there, there is some impact from that. And so um, as we're looking at a, a rapid increase in production of electric vehicles, we have to be very conscious of that, that mining. And uh, it's very important that we maximize recycling to, to minimize the amount of minerals we're going to need, uh, that we make the vehicles as efficient as possible. Obviously, driving uh, a small EV like a like a Nissan Leaf like I drive versus like a, a, a big Hummer or some heavy duty vehicle. Um, a smaller vehicle has less impact than a larger one. Um, and then for what mining there is, we need to be very conscious that it's done uh, with the, the least environmental impact as possible. Uh, but yes, there's going to be some additional mining. But when you compare that to petroleum, it just doesn't compare. It's apples and oranges. Yeah, Joel, um, uh, Biden has, uh, in the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, said that uh, they add 500,000 charging um, stations around the U.S. Um, in terms of the greenhouse gas emissions and the air pollution aspects, what are the advantages of electric vehicles? Well, um, the difference is you're you're switching from gasoline to petrol to uh, electricity. Um, gasoline, you know, the whole... Uh, petroleum infrastructure we have here on Earth is probably the single biggest and messiest things that humans do. Uh, when you imagine, you know, uh, get, uh, petroleum wells, oil wells all over the world and deep seas and in so many countries around the world, and then it needs to be shipped across the oceans and refined. And a big chunk of the uh, energy is lost in refining and then has to be delivered to gas stations. That's just an enormous footprint. And when you compare that with electricity, um, which is generally locally produced, electricity is not shipped across an ocean. Um, for many EV drivers, you make it on your roof. Uh, that's very common that EV drivers 
will have solar panels on their roof and they use it to charge their cars. And, you know, when you contrast that with the big impact of petroleum, uh, the the difference uh, environmental impact is is tremendous. Um, and then also the, the uh, economic benefits of it as well. So all of that money that we spend on gasoline, uh, instead of being sent overseas and fueling um, you know, oligarchs and, and foreign wars uh, is being spent in your communities uh, with, you know, uh, electricians and solar installers and your local utility and many utilities are owned by their, their local cities. Um, so all that money is staying in your community instead of being sent around the world for a variety of, of sort of not very positive things. Um, so both the environmental and the economic impacts are, are really tremendous. Okay, um, uh, we um, getting onto the costs of things. Um, what kind of uh, rebates are out there available uh, and uh, for purchase and leasing, uh, and for both new and used cars? Um, can you give us shed us some light uh, in that, and maybe touch on repair costs at the same time too? <clears throat> sure. Uh, so there. Are um, the biggest uh, incentive is the the federal tax credit, uh, which is um, seventy five hundred dollars, or I should say, up to seventy five hundred dollars uh, for a new vehicle, and up to it doesn't. Not everyone is eligible for it, uh, so there's a, there's a lot of details uh, with the federal tax credit. Um, it is easier to get if you lease a car uh, than if you buy a car. So if you buy a car, uh, there's a, a number of rules. In particular, it has to be manufactured in North America, which eliminates a lot of vehicles. If you lease it, uh, it's much more flexible. Um, and then for used vehicles, as I said, it's, it's $4,000. Um, and one great thing about the tax credit is it's starting January 1st of 24. Um, it will be um, available uh, on the hood. So it's essentially it stops becoming a tax credit and becomes like an incentive at the at the point of purchase. They're changing how it's administered. Um, then many states have incentives as well, uh, a couple thousand dollars on top of that. And then uh, a, a number of like cities and utilities also have incentives either for new or used vehicles or sometimes for, for chargers. Um, what I would suggest uh, is that people go check out our website, so plugstar.com, and if you go to the incentives page and plug in your uh, your zip code, it can tell you exactly what you're eligible for. So in addition to the federal tax credit, it can show you what other incentives based on where you live uh, people are eligible for, because there's, there's a zillion of them, all, depending where you live around the country. That's great. That's great. Um... Um, and their pay costs, I guess, are a lot less when you go and try and get things fixed, right? Because you have much fewer parts and you don't have this complicated gasoline and diesel engine, right? Yes, that's right. So um, as I mentioned, Consumer Reports did this great study uh, a year ago where they found that repair costs were about 50% for an EV uh, compared to a gas car. But I got to be honest, I don't even know how it's that high because uh, I, I have a 2015 leaf, as I mentioned, and we really, uh, we have to like change the tires and rotate the tires and that's about it, you know, wiper fluid. Um, uh, EVs, you know, when you think of all of the things that go wrong in a gas car, um, you know, the spark plugs, oil changes, all, there's all of these 
um, moving parts that all wear out with friction over time. EV just doesn't have any of those. I mean, EV at its heart, the technology is very simple. It's basically, it's a battery, an electric motor and a set of wheels. Um, wow. So there's there's very few moving parts to wear out. So that's EVs are particularly uh, attractive for people who hold their cars a long time. So people who either buy used cars or they get a used car and they're like, I'm, I, they get a new car and they're like, I'm going to keep this car for a long time. EVs are particularly great for that kind of scenario because, uh, as you know, with a, with a gas car, as it gets older, all those things start wearing out. You start replacing things more and more often until you get sick of it. With an EV, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, I had a question a lot of people have is how hard is it to find uh, charging stations when you travel? And and if you have a Tesla, can you use like a, a other charging stations or if can you use if you don't have a Tesla, can you use a Tesla uh, station when you travel? <clears throat> right. So um, so there's in the United States, there's basically two charging networks that kind of live in parallel. There's the Tesla network, which is Tesla's proprietary network. It's run by Tesla um, and it's only open to Tesla drivers. As of today, no one can use it except Tesla drivers. And it it not just, and they call it their superchargers. They call it the supercharger network. And it's not just that it has a separate, a different type of plug. Um, it also, you need to have a, a an account on the Tesla system to use it. Um, you don't use um, any kind of card. Basically, when you have a Tesla and you pull up and you plug in, the charger recognizes your vehicle and it just starts fueling and then it just send, it adds it to your tab at the end of the month. Um, so that's the Tesla network. If you have any other vehicle, if I pull up to a Tesla, not not only you know my plug won't work, but the, the system won't recognize me. Um, so then separate from that, there's the public charging network, which is composed of many separate private companies, just like the gas, the network of gasoline stations, if you will, in the US. Um, there's probably four or five major networks. Um, and then there's dozens of smaller ones. And those are both uh, fast charging um and uh level two charging so again fast charging is what you'd find kind of along highways when you've got 20 or 30 minutes and you want to get going um level two charging is more if you're going to be there for a few hours and it's slower and it's a little bit cheaper too um and so tesla drivers generally can use all of the public charging network they can they have like little converters where they can they can use the public network, but other cars cannot use the Tesla network. However, that is going to be changing next, next year. Uh, as you probably heard, most of the manufacturers have announced partnerships with Tesla uh, that they're going to start using the Tesla standard sometime next year. Ford was the first one to announce it. And then like all the others have been steadily announced it. None of them are out there yet, um, but uh, that's that's coming. And the, the Tesla standard is also called NAX, North American Charging Standard, NACS. So a, a lot of manufacturers say, you know, you know, starting with our 24 models, you'll be able to use the NAX standard. So that's the Tesla network. And people are excited about that because generally the Tesla network is considered to be very, very reliable uh, compared to the public network. There's some of the public chargers have had problems with reliability or the ability to use your credit card or or they're broken um 
you know, they still work. I don't want to say that they're they're not functional. You know, millions of people are using them every day. But uh, the Tesla network has a higher reputation for reliability. Well, thank you. That's so great. Yeah, I I know there um, there is a, a company called PlugShare, which um, does does uh, have uh, all the available pl- public uh, charging stations. So and and we also I'm just going to mention we will be we have a website uh, jumping into solutions.com where we're going to list um, information about the plug share and we'll probably have your website on there also so people can reach your information easily from there. Um, so do you have any final words about EVs or, or do you like driving one? <laughs> so uh, the great thing about EVs is <laughs> in addition to being uh better for the environment, you know, for, for climate change, for local air quality, they're more fun to drive. People love driving their EVs. People, they're, because they're powerful, um, EVs have maximum torque from a standstill. So, um, you know, when you, when you're driving a gas car and you floor it with the accelerator, there's this big kind of, and then it kind of takes off after it sort of jerks out of there. EVs don't do that. EVs, it's just like this quick, smooth acceleration. So EVs are more fun to drive. It's not like, oh, I'm eating my broccoli. I'm being punished by driving this Enviro car. People <laughs> like them better. There's lots of people who could care less about the environment and they still drive EVs because they're just, they're hot cars. They're fun cars to drive. Um, so for someone who's never been, been behind the wheel of an EV, that might be kind of a shock. Um, so, uh, they're, they're more fun to drive. Um, they're more convenient because you wake up every morning and you're fully fueled, you're fully charged uh, instead of having to go hunt for gasoline. Um, once you haven't been to a gasoline for a gas station for six months, you suddenly realize that like, you don't miss it. And if you, you forget how much gasoline costs and that's kind of a, a pleasure, um, and you have to like sneak into gas stations if you you, know, you want to buy a donut or get your car washed or something. Um, mm. So they're they're more convenient. Uh, they're uh, there's the the savings and maintenance is real. Uh, you'll notice that you just you spend a lot less time visiting garages than you used to, um, and uh, you're so it's convenience and and money that you're saving. So thank you. I just want to add that this episode is on our uh, also on a podcast. Uh, it's on Spotify. Just uh, you know, put in jumping into solutions and all our episodes come up. So I wanted to thank you, um, Harry. Do you have any last words before we sign out? <laughs> well, um, with this age of um, high gas prices, I think it's going to be great for the pocketbook, and I'm looking forward to my first electric vehicle too. And so, Joel, uh, we want to thank you for being with us today and hope that this episode will convince many people to buy or lease and drive electric vehicles. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you for having me. This was fun.